Hello everyone, welcome to Ron and Nick's Rundown Episode 9. That's right guys, we are one episode away from Episode 10. We're about to reach that milestone, and I'm excited about it. And Nick, you know what else I'm excited for? The CFL. We got football in Canada. Football, that is not reaching. (laughs) It's football season north of the border. Yes, people. And yes, everyone stood for the Canadian National Anthem as well. I like to point that out as well. Nobody, no one took a knee for Canada. (laughs) No one. So we're all good. Yes, it is. And also today, the World Cup began today with a 5-0 Russia domination of Saudi Arabia. (laughs) 5 to nothing. Good Lord. But, uh. Yes, but the fun begins tomorrow, obviously, with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo against Spain. That is going to be, with Portugal against Spain, that is going to be outstanding. Egypt gets the most a lot. We didn't know he was going to make it. He had a dislocated shoulder. And uh, he will, they will be playing against Uruguay tomorrow. That's going to be a great, that will be fun if you are up by 8 o'clock in the morning watching it on Fox Sports. But I recommend Telemundo. It, soccer just sounds so much better. It's so much smoother in Spanish. And excitement and energy is there compared to in English on Fox Sports, <laughs> on Fox or FS1. But all right, enough of that. Nick, how's your week been? It's been all right. Not too bad. Just putting in that grind, man. That grind on that grind. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, guys, we I was trying to get this uh done sooner. Nick has been busy. I know I it wasn't quite feeling too well um, yesterday. So I decided to just uh, hold off and make sure you get the best of us instead of me just sounding all terrible and wanting to get out of uh get out get out of the way but anyway let's move on to some things let's discuss some things what's happened since we've last uh had our episode the warriors for the third time in four years have won the nba championship have won back-to-back titles and yes kevin durant was the nba finals mvp so nick talk about what you uh this uh warriors run this year since you did predict it would be a sweep before I get to the game, that that champ, that championship parade was probably amazing. Uh, Nick Young definitely <laughs> acted like he ain't been nowhere before. I loved the fact that he was just running around, having fun with the fans. Uh, Jordan Bell was running out of Hennessy, and he found a fan with some Hennessy, and he and he drank that bottle. <laughs> and, you know, they, they, you know, they were just running with the fans. You know, Draymond Green with his uh, Thanos hand-looking t-shirt. That said, mood with his three rings. <laughs> well, it was that. Uh, was that Albert? That was. I, <laughs> it was Draymond Green who did it. It was hilarious. And of course, Kevin Durant, Seth Curry having their fun. But uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give the Draymond's comment in a second. No, let's get Draymond's comment now. 
talking about uh, he didn't he didn't shake one player for the, the Cavs hand was Tristan uh-huh. Thompson. <laughs> he said yeah. he they ain't cut we ain't cut it from the same cloth. <laughs> Somebody knocks him off. See, everyone say it was LeBron's league. You know, it's LeBron's league. It's the Warriors' league. Let's be real. But pretty much the two goals now, though, in the NBA going well, pretty much every year now, it's how we're going to beat the Warriors and how we're going to beat LeBron. That's like the only two goals, how the teams are going to try to get better. But we'll see. I mean, the Warriors, I thought, once again, I mean, they were dominant. Game three, pretty much Kevin Durant decided to shut up, pretty much shut everything down. With his big game, big three pointer, <laughs> and a little bit deeper from the spot that he shot that game in game three last year. And I tell you right, it just it it, it, it to be quite it was just, it was it was great to see. And plus game four, it, it it just felt like the season had to wrap up. It just needed to be over mercifully, needed to be over. And the Cavs just had no life in the third quarter of game four. And the Warriors was pretty much decided, you know, hey, well, let's just go ahead and win the championship. It, game four did not feel like a championship game. Not until they won the trophies. It wasn't as ecstatic, you know, as it was. Everybody you know. knew what was going to happen. There wasn't no shot by you. Everybody knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, them boys, uh, in my opinion, just gave, gave, it, gave up because they knew it was up uh, against a, fo- a foe that wasn't going to quit. Yeah. So, yeah. And your boy LeBron come out there with his cast on. After the game, I was like, "Oh hell, come on!" Oh man, yeah, we, I, I, yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about that now. Uh, yeah, LeBron reportedly punched the blackboard after Game One. Uh, I probably would have too. After what happened in Game One, when Jr. Smith thought uh, they had the lead, <laughs> and all of a sudden, and then when he found out he didn't have a timeout, when it, no, when they found out the Cavs had a timeout that he could have burned, and he lost it, and pretty much lost it, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> they lost in overtime. And then he decides after the game to punch a blackboard. He was that frustrated. He should be. And I do believe that he did have some bone bruises in his in his right hand. But yeah, it got a little over dramatic after uh, game four because trying to take away from the game. I thought the timing was definitely terrible for him to do that, and the cast really threw B off. He didn't need a cast after that. <laughs> why are you why are you wearing a cast? After that game, it just makes no sense. Go ahead, Nick. I'll, I'll let you speak. Go ahead. <laughs> nah, it didn't need no cast. I mean, especially throwing the ball at the backboard and casting it for a dunk. Don't alley you. Yeah. You can't be hurting that bad, you know. So, <laughs> um, I just thought he didn't have to do that. I mean, if your name was hurt, you should have said something. You know. Yeah. He said he didn't want them to have a competitive advantage. I mean, they knew something. You know, if his hand was hurt, you know, they knew his hand was hurt. Yeah. I mean, but. Yeah, there was really no need for that. He could have waited or what have you. But I guess it really don't matter at the end. Hand or no, good hand or, or, or broke hand, it's going to catch over four. Yeah. That's sweet. <laughs> it's still coming. I didn't care if his hand was 
had all those infinity stones on it. Just gonna cast a sleep. <laughs> Straight up. Oh man, but I tell you a couple of things uh, before I talk about LeBron. Um, I know Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, the Warriors are gonna try to fix their uh, to try to figure out their extension by uh, this summer. Let's see what they can do. Um, they will have to definitely take less. I know Clay Thompson is definitely gonna be willing to take less. I know Draymond Green would definitely be willing, but Clay Thompson, I think, he, for what I've seen, he's willing to take less. And it's gonna be, and I, I think this group's gonna be around for a while. Until they get tired of winning championships. <laughs> and what Kevin Durant said, you know, he, he enjoys the fact that putting teams away, it feels good to put teams away early. What he said to Sports Illustrated this week, kind of paraphrasing, but he just loves to get in the heart. Take their heart and take their soul. <laughs> I mean, hey, who the heck wants to play a long series? I mean, four games, get your championship and get out. I have no issue with that whatsoever. I don't care about all this other stuff. If you want a four-game sweep, get a four-game sweep. But... <laughs> Uh, but the future of LeBron, I think at this point, I think the only good options are either the Cavs or the Lakers at this point, at, as of today. And now things could change, but as of right now, either the Cavs or the Lakers are his best options, to be honest with you. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, I think that him staying with the Cavs is just not a good idea. And all due respect, they just cast strapped. They can't move nobody. Uh, that draft pick they have, they would get a good draft pick, but I don't see that changing the franchise overnight. Mm. I think the Lakers would be great because his family wants to live out there. You already got a house out there. Yeah. You know, it's great for his career after basketball, movies, and all that stuff. He's trying to parlay that. Mm. And it's great. Philly is, is the obvious, uh, easiest because of the, the the money they do have available. Yeah. But the thing is, him and Ben Simmons play nearly the exact same game. The only difference is Ben Simmons ain't got a jump shot. Right. So Ben Simmons can create the jump shot. You know, he pretty much got a LeBron clone. Yeah. To a certain extent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another says San Antonio, which was him and Greg Popovich, but that's a whole other dynamic. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say something stupid. I tell you, I just think I think that I I mean I like your points. Uh, Philly, if, if Philly didn't have Ben Simmons, you know that would really stump Ben Simmons' role to me if he goes if he goes to Philly. That definitely not not a good option for me. Uh, the Rockets, I don't even want to talk about the Rockets, but um, I I don't see it happening, especially if Chris Paul wants uh, max. If the if I don't know if, if if the Rockets are willing to give him that max of five years, two hundred <laughs> million dollars, <laughs> at his age. Uh, we just seen what happened to his hamstrings, hamstring in the, fi- in the Western Conference Finals. That type of stuff does worry me as far as his pay. Um, I, but the ball's really in Paul George's court, too. I mean, let's be honest. Paul George, we don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, so it's going to be interesting uh, what he what he's going to decide to do. I mean... Right. Right now, if you take the money, you can stay at OKC. I just see how he did. Yeah. This year. 
Yeah. Uh, we see no difference. And uh, everybody, you know, nobody's mentioned the Clippers. You know, I know everybody said the Clippers, but, you know, Jerry West, yeah. you know, pulled off some amazing peaks. <laughs> <laughs> as a consultant or whatnot, so. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that uh, that's a definite, but mm-hmm. you never know. Hey, they got the draft picks to do it. They got the 12 or 13 pick, if I'm not mistaken, for this draft. I believe. I think I got I hope I got that right. <laughs> I know you got, they got two first round picks though. Um in this draft. So we're gonna definitely see. It's gonna be interesting uh, what's happening with LeBron this summer. And another thing, and I'm gonna say it now before we move forward. Gary Payton's move this week, I know we both discussed it. That was a complete ridiculous move by Gary Payton. Do not bring up LeBron's kids to try to break up break a story of where you're speculating where LeBron's gonna land this offseason. Do not do that. I don't care if you see LeBron James Jr. I know he's gonna be he's gonna be a, a prep a bigger prep star for years to come, and he looks like he's has the potential to be a, as good as his father. But do not bring his kids into that situation. Do not do what they what his family does should be in private. Period. Period. I don't care if you want to speculate about LeBron. Yes. But do not bring up his family to try to break the story. Don't do it. I guess that's a media no-no. <laughs> In my opinion, yes. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like society right now is, I mean, I don't know what else to really expect besides them pulling all the straws out the hat and seeing what in your mind. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised by that kind of news. I mean, it's just getting to that point with society. You know, you don't know each you know, they're digging all in the crates to make a uh, headline on a new story. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, I don't. I mean, I know Gary Payne was the one that broke it, but then everybody ran with it. That's once you get info, everybody runs with it, like it's theirs, or try to do lead ups on it. So just don't do that. I don't care. Just keep it professional, and just keep keep it courteous, because I don't think that was professional whatsoever. Period. Um. So Nick. Before I talk about Kawhi Leonard, I want to talk about uh, Kyrie Irving. Do you think uh, this whole – he's not signing with an extension, but, you know, these rumors with him wanting to go to the Knicks is another story. Would you be open to him coming to the Knicks? Absolutely. We don't need a gun except for KP. Right. And get him over there. You know, old James Dolan, he'll find a way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, hopefully they'll find a way to get that David Fisdale. They got a correct coach. Mm. So hopefully we can do something, but I don't know how. I mean, by 2019, I'm see him over there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> now let me just go ahead and move on to Kawhi Leonard. Uh, here's the thing. Kawhi Leonard is not eligible for a Supermax this year since he didn't reach the All-NBA criteria. In order to requalify for that next year for a five-year, two hundred nineteen million dollar extension, he would have to make one of the All NBA teams, win the MVP, or we win Defensive Player of the Year. And yet, him and Greg Popovich have yet to sit down to discuss this situation. But they his they want a a him to be committed to the Spurs before even signing with this team. I mean, before he even signed that contract, they want to make sure that he have a full commitment before they sign him. 
So, Nick, is it time to just go ahead and just pull the plug and just go ahead and try to figure out a way to trade Kawhi Leonard? Or if he says yes and then all of a sudden he, – or does he say yes or and, and just sign up? What, what do you think? I think he just uh, get a, a definite answer from Kawhi. You know, if he says, yeah, I'll stay in there, whatever, it's coming to the store anymore. You know, we can go out and when he comes back. Um, Kawhi Leonard – you know, we'll see. You know, top five player in the league, hands down. Right. Easy. Right. No question is asked. So they gotta make sure they get know what they get before they, because you know, there's not too many people lined up to come to San Antonio. Right. <laughs> it's just not the free agents is not just saying, oh, let me go to San Antonio. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> 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 and um, excel my brand. You know, mm. endorsements and stuff. I get too many people saying that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and you have to ride it out. Yeah, and, and the thing is, uh, Kawhi. Uh, his thing, man. I mean, Kawhi Leonard does have interest. Lakers and the Sixers. I think Sixers are his best option. To be honest with you, if he can go anywhere, I think Philly would be great for Kawhi Leonard. People would love his his effort on the court for Durant. Sure, um, and I definitely think he would be perfect for that team. Um, I know the Lakers is another one, but I just think Sixers is his best chance. If they want to trade, and they can get his draft picks, get whatever assets they have, because it's time for the Spurs to get younger. They can't get much. They it's time to get young, much younger. Um, there's too many veterans that are just like like just way too old. <laughs> it's time. And by the way, th- and this could be Greg Popovich last year. Next season could be. How long has he been there since? 96, 97? been there for a long time. Yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a long time, man. You know, you've done all they can do for that uh, organization. Yeah. So, you know, if he was to sign up and leave, you know, can't nobody be mad with him about it. So, yeah. it'd just be the end of an era. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because they, they could be good. This, next, let's see, uh, 2018-19 season could be his last year. And in 2020, he would just focus on the Summer Olympics, which is fine. He He would earn that. He's done. If he wants to leave next year, he's done beyond more than enough for that franchise. So, I definitely would say go for it. If you want to leave, leave. And you know, I know it'd be tough for a Spurs rebuild, but I mean, because you're not gonna find nobody better than that coach in that area in that market anytime soon. No way. <laughs> oh man, but let's talk about one thing. There's one thing I want to talk about. I won't spend too long too long on it. The Capitals winning. There's Stanley Cup, D.C. as a national champion. First time since, I believe, 1993. That was during the Redskins. Last time the Redskins won their Super Bowl. And goodness, I've never seen so many people so excited <laughs> to win a championship. And this was the, obviously the Capitals' first one in franchise history. Aljo Ovechkin been there for 13 years. And he definitely act like he just won his first Stanley Cup. They've been all over the place celebrating, uh, swimming in water fountains. <laughs> Their parade was great too, Dix. What do you think about this uh this champ this Stanley Cup in uh the nation's capital? How do you, how do you feel about that? Uh, it was a long time coming for the city of DC to go without a championship, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just too much money out there for fans to get a major market, major sports team to win a championship. So that was long ago, especially for Alex Ovechkin, you know. Mm-hmm. That was long overdue for him, but uh, he's living his best life with the Stanley Cup, taking pictures of him, sleeping in his bed, <laughs> uh, doing handstands with, yeah. uh, you know, 
Oh my god. With the beard, you know, <laughs> taking it out the cup. I mean, yeah, but yeah. So, I mean, it's well deserved and long overdue. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Congrats to the Caps with his Stanley Cup run. It was a great run. And Golden Knights, their first season, first season as a franchise, their expansion and arguably year, and they made it to the Stanley Cup final. I thought that it was fantastic. They they can only go go up from here. Um, but it was a, a for for a five game series. It was actually a very fun series to watch. It really was. And the Caps, I mean, you just feel the momentum. You just knew that this was it at some point. Um, but congrats to the Caps uh, winning their Stanley Cup first time in franchise history. And congrats, congrats to everyone in DC. And their parade was awesome too in the nation's capital. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, but all right. Now, let's talk about the NFL holdouts for a second. Mini camps going around the league. Uh, today was definitely, I believe, the last day of every of all the mini camps, and everyone will be the next time we see some NFL players on the field will be in training camp. So, with but the, of course, with these mini camps, you have to watch out for all these holdouts as well. For example, Julio Jones with the Falcons, Aaron Donald defensive tackle for the Rams, Khalil Mack linebacker for the Oakland Raiders. Also, I know I'm missing, no, Earl Thomas, safety from the Seahawks. And, of course, running back David Johnson from the Cardinals. It was definitely some of the notable ones that I know of. So, Nick, what do you, how do you feel about these holdouts? Cut the check, man. That's what it means, <laughs> cut the check. Everybody's talking about all these other major sports getting paid top dollar mm-hmm. to play their sport. Basketball, baseball, uh, you name it, and they get you know, not even guaranteed money, and you know, contracts that Cass was getting in the late nineties, early two thousands in the NBA. Mm-hmm. All due respect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, Cass want to get paid. I mean, it's it's, it's time, man. That's like, I mean, that's like going through a lot of uh, midlife crisis deals right now. Putting that as a brand. <laughs> and I would just say, yeah, go ahead. Everybody taking a swing at the shield, man. It's like, come on, man. It's just the owners that are, you know, come on, you can't you can't really think that, you know, folks just going to do the same thing over and over and over again, the cost of living going up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everything's going up and you want to keep paying them the same, man, come on, man, it's too much money on that table, you got to spread that money out, fam. Yeah. Uh, or are you going to get more and more like this, or, you know, you might end up doing this <laughs> in league after a while. Well, well, Nick, there's a lot of leagues that are. Uh, I'm, I'm saying, to, I'm telling people about by, by next year in 2020, we're gonna have plenty with the A, uh, the AAF, I believe, uh, AAF or yeah, there's AAF and of course the XFL, and they want to do flag footballs and of course that and what I'm watching right now, the CFL. I mean, year in the next year or two, we'll be oversaturated with football year round, oversaturated. And yet the biggest league in the in the world, for some reason, are just having some are having their issues. It's ridiculous. Cut the check, man. Stop playing with these folk money, man. Cut the check. Yeah. And I've been more bread. <laughs> They're not paying me up here to tap dance on this field. Cut the checks. And I didn't even mention college football. You can watch as well. I mean, there's a lot of football year round. Get me started on college. Oh boy. <laughs> we're gonna, I mean, there was some rule changes this week, but maybe not, you know, not financial rule changes, but, you know, we'll just go from there. Um, 
but uh but a couple of things like uh earl thomas for one you know earl thomas is one player i definitely want to be cautious of because he did have a broken uh, broken tip uh tibia tibia yeah he had a broken leg is what i'm trying to say <laughs> in 2016 we also uh you know he had a, a hamstring injury last season i know he has been able to play a full season last two years so and he's getting paid eight now his base salary is 8.5 million um yeah, he's yeah, his final season of his contract. You don't think that's enough? No, that's not enough. Like I said, for football terms, I guess it's enough. But you compare it to other leagues, yeah. it's not enough. Right. Courtney Lee making more than that. Yeah, absolutely. Two, two guard on the Knicks, he's making more than that. He's the best player on the team. Right. I mean... <laughs> Also, uh, I was in the middle of the Earl Thomas conversation. Um, it was absolutely crazy. Uh, like I said, it's eight and a half million. David Johnson is getting paid one point eight million in the final year of his con of his deal. Now that's somebody that definitely needs extension. He had a broken wrist. He sat out for twelve weeks with a broken wrist and had to had to have surgery on it. Also, uh, let's see. But but those are my two two players I'm cautious of. At least I think David Johnson will be fine. But Earl Thomas is one I'm more most cautious of. The most. Um, as far as Julio Jones is definitely last year, I believe it's guaranteed money. So we got to, but he's he's definitely wants a contract extension. Um, I believe he definitely has earned that right. <laughs> I think they all have. Um, so what do you think about Julio Jones, Nick? Do you think he def? What, what do you think of his contract status? That's what I've been saying this whole time. Cut the check, man. <laughs> Julio Jones, man, is is the one of the best, if not the best, receiver in the daggone league. Yeah. Cut the check, man. Yeah. You build these fancy, you build that fancy stadium, mm-hmm. and you know you throw Julio the ball, he catches it, man. You yeah. know, nine times out of ten, cut the check, man. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, other players like last couple of uh, defensive players of the year, Aaron Donald, he's getting paid six point eight million. He'll be a restricted free agent next year. And uh, Khalil Mack, over thirteen million dollars. He is getting paid, and he. And this is the last year of his deal before he'll be an unrestricted free agent. The Raiders better get their act together, and they want to keep this guy. I'm telling you right now, he's the be- by far the best player on their defense, and they and hopefully they need it. They need to sell with their corners. That's their issue. But yeah, um, but Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack, I, I think they're definitely worth it. You you got to pay them both. I don't know how much guaranteed money you'll give them, but you got to pay them both. You know what I mean? And like this week, for example, Zach Martin. He got a six-year, $84 million contract, $40 million guaranteed, including a $20 million signing bonus. That's offensive guard. Offensive guard. And the guard, and linemen are getting paid, by the way, in this league. They're getting paid very well. And I think these other players deserve to get paid pretty well also. And during quarterbacks like Matt Ryan got $100 million guaranteed. $100 million. Ugh. I mean, the man, I mean, these quarterbacks are getting paid well. But everybody, every other position, player position, they have to be cautious of how much they pay them. It's just nuts. It is absolutely nuts. I mean, I, I, like I said, it's time to pay, but pay these players the way they should. And I think most of the players, most of that money should be guaranteed with the money that NFL makes. Why can't they make, you know, more more than their guaranteed salary? It's ridiculous. It just makes no sense, man. I mean, like I said, I hope the league they need to just fix everything they need to fix. Before they get themselves in a lockout, twenty twenty one. I think we're in a, we're heading to that. Is that it's ridiculous? But um, but anyway, guys, it's definitely going to be interesting. Like I said, it's going to be an interesting season. Uh, I'm glad mini camps are 
done and over with. Odo Beckham, good to see him back. Probably the most entertaining football receiver. Definitely the most entertaining wide receiver in the league. That we have to see him back out there doing his thing. Uh, I, that's one thing. I just uh, please no and no big injuries, especially marquee players this year. I truly, truly hope that we don't see that. But all right. But other than that, uh, we're definitely gonna um, talk about an album that I did listen to. Uh, you know, Kanye West and good music album tour continues. You know, each album has been seven tracks. We obviously reviewed Pusha T, which I think is still the best project so far. <laughs> Uh, Kanye West, uh, yay, I thought was fine. And now we're going to talk about Kid Cudi and Kanye West, Kid See Ghost. Uh, Nick, what did you think of that album? Well, that was pretty good. He, he, I, I could tell he was trying a lot of different things on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I, 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 loved, I loved it, personally. I personally loved it. I loved how different it was. It definitely talked about their mental, mental stage. I definitely enjoyed it. All seven tracks. I definitely enjoy it. I definitely like Free, uh, Reborn, were my favorite tracks on the album. I definitely enjoy it. It's good to see Cuddy do his thing. Good to see Cuddy uh, at least happy. It, when I saw the live view uh, show, live view, well, I didn't quite see the live view, but when I saw the taping of it. I just like the fact that they're both happy doing their music, doing their thing, because they both had their issues for quite some time mentally. And thankfully, thankfully they're all doing their, doing their thing, and thankfully, you know, all that is taken care of, all that whatever beef they had is behind them, and it, it's great. I love it. I didn't want to spend too much time on that album. <laughs> but, it, was, it, was, it was good. I mean, it actually didn't blow me away. <laughs> right. I was like, yo, this is, yo, this is straight fuego. Nah, that was J. Cole. J. Cole was fuego. <laughs> KOD was fuego. You know, this was good. Yeah, I'm assuming Pusha T was fuego, fuego to you. Yeah, that was pretty close to fuego. You know? <laughs> pretty close. But uh, yeah, you know, Drake had his his video out today. You know, uh, I'm upset. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good video. The Gracia reunion. Yeah, it was great. I I liked it. I mean, everyone's upset that he didn't say anything to push the T. But yeah, but who cares? <laughs> he better keep his mouth shut. That's soon be forgotten. You know, give it another once it's off drop. That's soon be forgotten. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, that's just the. The hair we live on social media, you know. Right. All you gotta do is put out hit music, and you know, we're like, oh yeah, they did have a beef. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I, it's good. Like I said, this month of this month of June has been great. It's up tonight. Well, it's obviously midnight. We get some good albums here. Uh, Nas tonight with good music. The album yes, is sir. the album is called Nasir. That's it. I'm hoping, goodness, great. Kanye, please bless, please bless Nas with some good beats, please. I am begging. <laughs> we can't. This cannot fail. This is the one album that never cannot fail out of this whole group. I mean, for me personally, it just can't. Um, and obviously, next week's Tiana Taylor, but this is the one that he can't fail. This one cannot be a failure, not at all. And obviously, uh, J Rock tonight as well. And I'd like the singles. I like the single so far. Win and the bloodiest have been great. Um, definitely, definitely both those singles, and I'm looking forward to this album as well tonight. As also, yeah. J Rock is pretty underrated. You know, a lot of cats don't know him that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unless you, you know, been following his work. Yeah. TDE, he knows, but uh, this guy is really good. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. 
Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that out, those, both those projects as well. Um, but uh, before uh, we definitely uh, get out of here, we, the undefeated, ESPN undefeated, there's something really fun today, uh, which is uh, Samuel Jackson. Of course, this week, uh, The Incredibles 2 is out this week, featuring Samuel Jackson's character in it. And I'm going I'm to just tell you the rankings real quick. They, Samuel Jackson ranked his own movie roles for the last 20, for the, you know, he, he ranked 20 actors. That's 20 actors. 20 roles that he played. <laughs> and I'm going to read them each real quick. Uh, Lazarus Reed, uh, Black Snake Bone, uh, number 20. That just made the cut. Number 19, Charles Moritz, The Red Violin, 1998. Ranked number 18, Elmo McRoy, Elmo McElroy, Formula 51. <laughs> that was that movie that came out in 2001. Oh, man, goodness gracious. That, well, 17, I just passed, skipped. 17, I believe. When they, well, before I get back to this list, <laughs> what, what did you well, tell me about uh, Samuel Jackson's uh, role? What do you think of Samuel Jackson's actor? He's last, I, I guess, forever. <laughs> yeah, you know, played by every role you can think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditionally and untraditionally. I mean, he's, yeah, I don't consider to be the goat of... Uh, one of the goats of acting. Yes. Oh, 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 especially of uh, black actors, especially. Yeah. I mean, the teams are getting roles. You know, and he keeps knocking roles out the park as well. Uh, it's just this dude turned to one, no, one through ten. Says uh, a lot of cats know how to stuff. Just says. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Number seventeen. There. Here's one from uh, Major Marquis Warren, The Hateful Eight. Number seventeen. I thought it was a good movie, but I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. All right. The Hitman's Bodyguard, Darius Kincaid. Uh, did you watch that movie? Because <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't... Oh, that was the one... You know, that was the one... With, oh, that's right. That's the one with uh, Ryan Reynolds. That was the one. I didn't get a chance to... See, uh, yeah, I did not watch that. I didn't get a chance to watch that either. I, I definitely need to see that one. Or those... like, that's all safe house with Denzel. I didn't know if I needed to watch <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Number 15 was Ordell Robbie, uh, Jackie Brown, 1997. Number 14, Ken Carter, Coach Carter, 2005. I thought that could have been a little bit higher, to be honest with you. I thought that was a good role. I thought he did well in that. Yeah, it was a good role, but you know, that movie was kind of like, you know, uh, it was just really telling a story. Right. And you know, I feel like movie, the production, it was a good movie, but I feel like the production kind of did like the little rush jobs because they wanted to Strong when I was hot on that uh, story. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. 13. Now, this one should have been higher. I don't care. Samuel. Carly Haley, A Time to Kill, 1996. At number 13. Yeah, he played that role. But, you know, that's the role that make you mad. <laughs> yeah. What's his famous line? Yeah, with him. <laughs> What's that famous line, Nick? Say it. You don't want to say it? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get mad all over again. Yeah, y'all didn't deserve to die. I'll be burning hell. <laughs> yeah, man, because that boy, you know, that's, that's, that's a real touchy, touchy subject, man. You know, yeah. yeah, a lot of people would have done what he done in that movie. You sure would have. Whew, that was yeah. That, it, no matter what race, a lot of people would have done what he done. Oh man, yeah, that was a bad Samuel Jackson impersonation. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Mr. McGarrett, Mr. Barron, Miss 
Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, 2016. That was a Tim Burton film. I know I said that all wrong. <laughs> Number 11. Step, oh yes. I think this should be a little bit higher, but Steph, Steph, Steven, I believe. Django Unchained. <laughs> oh yeah, he played that uh, Uncle Tom Rose to the T. Ooh, yes he did. That was, oh, boy. he was perfect in that. that you could not have asked him more. I say, that's a, him and Quentin Tarantino, they just work so well together. I don't know what it is with them two. <laughs> it's <right>. Candyland. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Kenny. <laughs> that was the native plantation. I forgot. Yeah. All right, now to the top ten. Zeus Carver, Die Hard with a Vengeance, 1995. That was definitely... Yeah, he, did, he, did he, did, he did a good job on that role. <laughs> yes, most definitely. And what he said, he said most people thought that it was Pulp Fiction that got him famous, but it was this movie that was Ice Grover's film in that year, and he became an international name after That's that. That's the truth. Yep. That's the truth, because no one really knew who he was like that. You know, they knew him in different movies, but yeah, that really put I mean, I saw it on because he had Pope Fiction, and that was pretty raunchy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. No, number nine, Richmond Valentine. Kingsman, The Secret Service, 2014. He did a great job with that. That was an awesome movie. And he was the, the perfect villain for that movie. With some sort of crazy overbite. <laughs> and I, I absolutely loved him in that role. It was great. It was absolutely great. Number eight, John Shaft the second and Shaft two thousand. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, yeah. I like that movie. I, I watch it when it come on. Hang <laughs> on. Yeah. I like Shaft. I think they trying to do a remake of it. I don't know. Uh, how true it is. It's normal when he's trying to you know, do another part two. Excuse me, now remake of part two. Yeah, exactly. We'll definitely see about that. Uh, Elijah Price, Unbreakable 2000, was number seven. Did you see that one? Right along. Yeah. <laughs> now, this this right here, number six, this now, Samuel L. No, this should have been higher. I don't care. I'm going to say it. Gator, Purified, Jungle Fever. <laughs> he was, that was an amazing role. He was perfect for that role. Uh, Gator, Gator was a cult classic. Yes, <laughs> yes. I can't believe he had him at number six. Well, he, uh, he hit that Gator dance. That was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what sold everybody. Like, boy, this guy really got that twang in that crack. Mama, <laughs> I got this dance just for you. And he just, mm-hmm. he, that dance was, was perfect. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely perfect. And I mean, for, I mean, for me, I mean, Gator, I mean, that was it was just such a great role. Yeah, I definitely remember that role very well. And I remember that that was Ruby D. Ruby D was his mother, and obviously Wesley Snipes and uh, was the star in that movie. You know, that whole interracial relationship type thing. It was a crazy movie. It really was. Uh, it, it definitely felt like a Spike Lee joint for real with the. The colors back, I tell you, back in the day, those Spike Lee joints were great back in those days, as far as the directing and, and everything. He was just perfect in it. All right, just can't believe it. He did, Ugh. but anyway, number five, Nick Fury, of course, you know, in all the Marvel films, um, you know that, that you know next year will be the eleventh, eleventh year of him playing, uh, eleven years of Marvel. No, no wonder some guys are ready to get out of there. Eleven years, eleven great years of that. 
Yep. He said it was one of those blessings that just fell out the sky, and it was. Because that's, that was definitely longevity. Alright. Uh, now, number four. Uh, Lucius, Lucius Best for Frozen from The Incredibles. <laughs> the animated character. Um, I, like I said, I definitely can't wait to see Incredibles 2 this week. Um, I, I enjoyed him in, in The Incredibles the first year, so I'm just going to move right along. <laughs> you want to do that, Nick? Uh-huh. Alright, now to number three. Mace Windu, Star Wars, episodes one through three. You know what? Uh, <laughs> I may have to disagree with him. To be honest, I think this was a, a little bit higher than it should have been. To be honest with you, I mean, I didn't really like. I mean, the first one was okay. The second, the second Star Wars episode two was just god awful. Episode three was made have been his best role <laughs> since Revenge of the Sith wasn't so bad. Um, I think it's just him you know, reaching a different audience. You know, that Star Wars audience is uh uh it's, it's, it's pretty different than your average average fan of other movies. So yeah, <laughs> maybe it's just he was able to reach a different type of audience. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, now number two, the uh, Jules Winfield, uh, Pulp Fiction. Obviously. Yeah, he uh yeah he killed that role. I mean, he, he yeah. felt like you know. Yeah, a lot of f, <laughs> a lot of f bombs in that one. A lot of f bombs. I tell you, he made it was, but it was perfect. Him and John Travolta were perfect in that, in that scene. It was brilliant, and it was, it, it was perfect. Period. He said he loved it because it was a dream role of his, and it was like doing a play on the screen. If that was a play on the screen, good lord. Whew. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that role was just perfect. I'm surprised that wasn't number one. But it's number one, bitch Hennessy. The Long Kiss Goodnight, 1996. And I have to, I have to look back at that one. I'm trying to remember if I've ever seen it. Have you? <laughs> uh, nah, no, I ain't seen that. Oh, I ain't gonna lie. That's I ain't seen none of that. <laughs> I tell you, man, Samuel L's had so many roles, man. I mean, I, it was a great list. I enjoyed it. Uh, I just thought Gator should have been higher. Gator should have been higher. <laughs> yeah, it was just a cool classic. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God! How can he put that at number six? Yeah. I didn't want to be remembered as a crackhead. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I'm telling you that. Chris Rock. Nobody talk about you know. I want you to talk about Chris Rock when he played Pookie. Uh, his folk that would do do the movie back then. You know, a lot of folks do Chris Rock. Hey, right? He's Chris. That's <laughs> what people remember as a crackhead. Yeah. It's just in <laughs> it is absolutely insane. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, I mean, like I said, I'm definitely looking forward to the uh, Incredibles two this weekend. Should be fun. Uh, but all right, guys. Uh, Nick, you want to say anything before we get out? Yeah, like I said, June 19th, some all flight Carolina Blues are coming out. Uh, it's gonna be a tough grab. That's all I can tell you. Tough grab. <laughs> like I told you before, get your plugs, get your necks, get your backdoor deals, whatever you gotta do. Definitely. I saw those Xbox looking ones, wasn't it? The uh Yeah, the Xbox, um, draw one mids, 
black, um, black and green, glow in the dark at the, on the bottom. Uh, they're pretty nice. I think they'll, they'll go, the only if they're limited, they're not limited, you know, it's just going to be for people who want to just have them because the resale ain't going to be that high. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I mean, definitely, I'm going to definitely take a look at them as well. See what I can afford. <laughs> But it's gonna be interesting, man. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to these sneakers uh, coming out this year. Um, but me personally, the final thing I want to say is definitely uh, big wrestling. Obviously, this weekend NXT Takeover is Saturday uh, during the Father's Day weekend, and also uh, Bunny in the Bank. There's definitely some big matches, and obviously Ronda Rousey, her first uh, singles match, first televised singles match will be for the women's title. It's Nia Jax. That's what I take out of it. And of course, the ladder matches. Put him in my case. But yeah. one other thing, uh, one match that you guys definitely need to watch uh, for sure, New Japan Pro Wrestling, if you haven't seen it, Kenny Omega and Okada this week. Rainmaker Okada for the heavyweight title. It was probably one of the best matches I've ever seen. It, it really, really was. Two out of three falls, no time limit. It really was incredible. Those who, I'm not going to spoil it, but if you have time to see it, it is. it was definitely one of the best one of the best things I've ever seen. It truly was, and uh, it was just it was just wrestling at its best. Um, plus, uh, Jericho Naito I thought was great too. Um, Jericho being a heel is the best heel. I'll just say that it's the best heel. It's, the, it's one of the best heels ever in wrestling. <laughs> yes. I'm just gonna put it that way. He was incredible uh, with against Naito. Naito was great too. But um, I'm, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm stoked uh, about this weekend's wrestling. It's going to be great. And, of course, the World Cup will continue all the way until July 15th. Definitely enjoy. I'm definitely going to enjoy that. Um, but, yes, everyone, this has definitely been a good episode. Nick, you got anything else you want to say before we leave? No, no, that's it for me. I didn't even say, you know, the first thing to tell is the knives out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Well, everyone, thank you all for listening to episode 9 of Ron and Nick's Rundown. Good for you guys to listen to us next time. <laughs>